Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Swiss Ballers Pod. I'm Fabo and as always I'm joined by two absolute ballers, my good friends Toto in London and Armin back home in Zurich. How are we doing boys? Hello guys. Hello, doing fine, thank you. We also have a very special guest today. He is of course an absolute baller. The absolute baller. He is of course. <laughs> Mr. Versatility in person. He is, of course, a better right back than Alex. He is, of course, a great friend of the pod. He is the magnificent Dwayne. Welcome back, brother. Good to have you on the pod again. Thanks for having me again, Fabi. Nice to be here again. Of course. Is he we... better than Toma, though, at right back? That's the oh, question wow. I want to know. Yeah, that's true. You're going, you're going where it hurts. As a right back, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, Toto has re. Has re- uh, reimagined himself as a as a centre midfielder playing on the right wing in in England. Um, okay. Today's today's episode is all about the FA Cup final. We'll discuss Man United season and then look out to the summer and and have a chat about what's coming up. We also have some super special content um, because we're now on Instagram. Follow us, by the way. Uh, we will do a, a Barcelona 2011 and Man City 2023. Um, 11 and we'll have some fun and games coming up as well we'll start the usual way though toto legacy wise what's the best footballing team you've ever seen i think it would be between do i like to say a year an era okay uh barcelona under pep Guardiola, i would say yeah it's going to be mine so it's it's the obvious answer, isn't it? Um, you yeah. weren't alive when the treble winners were were playing in '99, so I'll I'll leave I'll let you off the hook yeah. there. <laughs> Armin, Spain oh between God. 2008 and 2012, or Barcelona between 2008 and 2011? Yeah, it's Barcelona. I mean, I mean, Spain won it all, but from a footballing side oh you could say it's hard to to play good football in the national team you know what i'm gonna go for spain i'm gonna go for spain do you know what i would have gone for spain as well just because i think yeah. they did it because in a weird way it makes it more impressive that they didn't have messi yeah and still i just wanted everything. to say that they didn't have messi so to win it all in this period is really impressive yeah yeah finally question for you Dwayne. you're a right back who do you model your game off of Oh, that's tough. I'd say the best shot right now is Trippier because he does both defensively and offensively in good light. Whereas if you were to look at Trent, you would focus more on playing as a midfielder, which we don't really do as Brent. So I'd say Trippier is the best shot right now. Probably the one I watch the most. And maybe to... to extend this to the legacy questions who's who's the best right back of all time Kafu. cool nice and easy let's ben get white. into the show let's get into the show before <laughs> before Marmon goes off on on ben white and lee dixon um as as i mentioned we will we will talk about the fa cup final and and let's start there it was it was city's second trophy of the year uh, scoring after after 15 seconds with a with a brilliant volley, Gundogan. Then United, I thought, did really well to to get it to actually get back on level terms with a lucky penalty. But they they steadied the ship, kind of limiting City offensively for the most part of that first half. Uh, made it one one through a Bruno Fernandez penalty, which he took really well. The little little hop showing a lot of balls uh, before. After half time, six minutes into the second half, Gundogan scored another goal, another volley, another goal where United, I don't know, the goalkeeper, I wasn't personally super happy with him. And then City just defended too well. United tried to bring on what they had, but what they had was McTominay and, and Wout Weghorst, which traditionally isn't exactly who you'd like to bring on if you're chasing a game against one of the best teams, perhaps of all time. So City took the 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 cup, winning two one in the end, and uh, despite not actually doing too much wrong, I felt in the game Man United came short. Let's talk about the game for for a bit. Is this the because for many people they didn't really expect this game to pan out the way it did. A lot of people expected City to kind of, including myself, to for City to to run away with it. 
United didn't really let them run away with it. Armin, you were a United fan for the day. What was what was your take on the game? Yeah, I was really impressed with United, actually. They created more XG than Man City, which was really impressive. And I was really... I think you have to give Ten Hag a lot of credit because they went man-to-man and they went aggressive. They didn't have... They, their back line wasn't really as high as normal, which I respect. He adapted to to the opponent, which I think he's done really well this season. And yeah, I think to be honest, that's the best way. That's the the best way you can go about. It. And at the end, they just fall, fell short because it's Man City, and the press worked sometimes, but most of the time, City could quite easily get themselves out of jail with. John Stones in midfield and yeah Gundogan I mean they didn't create so many chances Man City which you have to give Man United a lot of credit for but yeah they have the quality with Gundogan and De Bruyne and some of the shots eventually did just go in and yeah I mean I think I think United did really well I was really impressed with them Dwayne, do you, do you agree with, with Armand's assessment? Did you see anything else that, that you thought decided the game? I think it's just the options that City have can decide the game. At that point, when the game was stretched, you know, 65, 70 minutes in, then United bring on Garnacho, you could see the impact that he has. And you're looking for someone to sort of step onto his level because clearly for me, he was the best United player by a mile despite playing like 20, 22, 23 minutes. He possessed something. And if United could throw on Anthony, maybe Anthony Martial, maybe it's a different game towards the end of it. But I think in the same way that City, uh, in the same way that United didn't really give City a chance apart from those two great goals by Gundogan, I think United's only chance in that second half was a little scruffle at the end in the box. I don't think City gave United a great chance to score either. It's United had probably better chances in the final third, but they didn't create a clear-cut opportunity to score except from McTominay's chance in the last minute. So I think it was a very... I think it was a fair result. I think City did well enough to get over the line, but that's disappointing as a United fan because... We lost to a city side that wasn't at their best, so that says a lot, I think. Yeah, that, that, that's in a way also the sort of the the more impressive or the more annoying thing, isn't it? That you United yeah. did quite well and then still fell short because City are just capable of of suffocating you. Now, Toto, I know, I know you you weren't watching the game live. I'm sure you've you've seen all the highlights and and the reaction to it. Were you surprised at how? Perhaps how small the gap is actually, because obviously in the league it's it's a gaping gap of of I don't even know how many points, but on the pitch it looked like two fairly evenly matched teams for for one day at least. Yeah, yeah, maybe on this game, but I think the the gap is still huge between those two teams, and I think it would depend on the summer as well if Man United managed to have a striker and some good amount of players. But I think the, the there was still a huge gap. And maybe this game was a good one for United and not a, not a good one for City. They had a long season. Both teams, I know I know it, but for City, it was a very long season. So maybe it had its impact on the game, but I still think that there's still a magnificent, huge gap between those two teams. So, yeah. I was maybe surprised of the result, but as you said at the beginning, but that's it. But the problem with that, Fab, I think Man City had another gear to go which United didn't. And that's, I think, probably the gap that we didn't see in this final. But over a, over a league campaign, there's still, there's still a gap. I, th- I, I do think that in football, you need that one player, you need one or two players who all of a sudden lift the whole squad and then you're battling up there again. But uh, at the moment, yeah, there's there's still a gap. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure there is a gap and, and I'm sure there's a gap between Man City and, and perhaps every other team in the world right now. Yeah. It just it just seemed to me that perhaps 
you know, City hit that purple spell right when it mattered between April and, and May and now moving into June and these last few weeks in May, it seems like, you know, Haaland's not scoring as freely as he as he did. We, we discussed this before off the pod, like they're still grinding out results. They're still winning their games, but maybe they've also just hit a, a moment of, of a bit of inconsistency. The pressure's getting to them a little bit and, and that could be a chance maybe also for Inter in, in the Champions League final. Dwayne, perhaps more on, on, on this gap. Is is there, how how big is it really? Is this a case of one, two players needed for maybe other teams as well, not just United, maybe Liverpool are a couple of players away, maybe Chelsea even, we don't know how they're going to be next year. Arsenal as well challenged for, for a long time. If they buy Rice and maybe a couple of other players, can they? how big is that? Is it a closable gap within one year? Um, the Arsenal fans aren't going to like this, but I think Liverpool is probably closer because Liverpool's been there, they've done that, they've got the establishment ready. All they've got to do is just refurbish their midfield because they've been pressing for six, seven years on end and that midfield's slowly dying out. So once Fabinho, once Henderson, once Milner, once they can find some younger players, like, funnily enough, we discussed this in the morning, but Barella at Liverpool would be perfect. Yeah, I think Barella would be a Liverpool player. So I think Liverpool's the closest. For Arsenal, I think it's a matter of experience. I think they're just awfully young, so they just need some time. And from the three, I think United's the furthest away because for United to reach City's level, it's not just players that have to change. It's the infrastructure. It's it's the recruitment from the top to the bottom, whereas the other two clubs have that set, but United just don't have it set. So I think there's a lot more for United to change than the other two. Yeah, and, and Liverpool have actually just confirmed, or Fabrizio confirmed McAllister, the signing of, yeah. of McAllister this, this McAllister. morning. So it, it does look like they're strengthening in, in that area of the pitch. So so surely they'll be back up and, and, and firing for things, even though there are there are question marks over if McAllister is actually the, the profile that they need right now. Um, remains to be seen a discussion for, for another day, I suppose. Toto, is there any... I've asked you this a bunch of time, you know, Gundogan is, is, I mean, first of all, what a player, the two goals he scored. I don't, I can't make out, I can't make, make my mind up as to which one I thought was more impressive Two sweet, sweet volleys. The the second one coming off his weaker foot as well. He might leave. There might be other departures that we don't know yet. Pep has always been. Actually, I think, uh, Fabricio just confirmed that Gundogan is set to sign an extension with the city. Fair enough. Well, that's breaking news for you then. Straight off the straight off the the push notification. There there will be there will be rotation though, as there always is at Man City. Last year, Sterling leaving, Cancelo leaving in in winter, Sinchenko, Gabi, Jesus, perhaps less surprisingly. So there will be rotation again. Is is that could that be an opportunity for for the likes of of Liverpool to to close the the aforementioned gap, or are they just going to build go from strength to strength, even if they win all three titles this year? You know what? I think it, I can just give you an example because when Cancelo left, we were all saying, yeah, they lost they they lost like one of the best fullbacks in the world, and after he left, City were just so good. They were even better than when he was here. So I, I don't really think I think if Guardiola wants to keep Gundogan. I think it's a good choice, obviously. But if you decide to sell him, I think he's got like an idea behind his head to sign a player. So I don't think it would be... I'm, I'm sure we'll find someone else, maybe Kimmich, she was talking about him. There was some other player that maybe wants to go to City as well. So I'm not worried for them, to be honest. I think Guardiola will always manage to find a player that he needed in his team. And I think any players that... Guardiola wants will go to City because they are the best team in the world. They're going to be managed by Pep Guardiola, which is a huge thing. So no, not at all. I think I'm not worried for them to be honest. Fair enough, Armand. Do do City need to to win the Champions League as well as the FA Cup and the and the league to be considered a great side? Yes, they need to win this final. They need to win it if. I mean, if they don't win it, this is going to overshadow the whole season. And 
yeah, you could say that's harsh, but that's the, you know, you, you have to achieve that now. Against Inter, you are, I think every position of the field is better, uh, has a better player for Man City. So yeah, they have they have to win this win. They have to win this game. They absolutely have to. Guardiola has to win it. Every player has to win it. Yeah, it, it does. It does sound. It does seem like like the big one, the the one left to go now to to really cement their place amongst amongst the the, the top top teams. Let's talk about Man United season for a second because we've 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 covered City. Or we'll cover City in the in the Champions League preview podcast, and we'll give them a lot of attention. And there, switching our attentions to to Man United for a second. It, in general, how how impressed or otherwise are you with with Eric Ten Hag? He's he's compared to a year ago. I I would have taken a bit in your hand off if you'd offered me this position right now finishing third, getting a cup back in the Champions League. How, what are your thoughts on that, Dwayne? Well, given that last season was our worst ever season in the Premier League, he's done remarkable. And I don't think it's just on-field results. I think it's the off-the-field stuff too, where he's assumed the role of being the one that brings the under-21 players into the first team and he's done a lot for uh, the development of certain players he's changed Rashford into the baller we all know him to be so he's on the right path to being a United legend Toto what's what's your take on this are you are you equally impressed with with Ten Hag are you we spoke about managers being able to take teams to the next level and and he does he strike you as that guy to kind of create a legacy of his own maybe not maybe not that far but i think to finish third in the premier league with vegas as a striker i think it's a huge achievement so <laughs> i'm going to say yes i'm very impressed from from him and i think if you if the glazers if they stay or they go out i don't i don't really know but if they 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 manage to give him the money that he needs the player that he wants i think he can do something at man united so i want to see in the future how it goes but i'm sure he can do something and maybe close the gap between man united and man city or liverpool as well so let's see were there any key players that that stood out for you i mean arman you've been very You've praised Man United quite a lot on this podcast in recent weeks, which I really love you for. Are there any? Are you a fan? Armin has a love for many. Therefore not. Armin Arman has a fan for many. Oh things. my god! He Armin loves Anfield Road, and he also he also loves Man United. I respect it. I respect it. I... You spoke about the well, spine the other week, though. In all seriousness, you spoke about the spine: yeah. Martinez, Varane, Casemiro, Bruno Fernandez, Rashford. Are there any other performers or, or standouts that you see could help create this legacy at United that Ten Hag is trying to build? Yeah, definitely not Anthony. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, of course, Anthony is potentially one of the players. Um, I'm still a bit disappointed from Sancho. I do think he has another year to go. Whether he can find it or not is on him. Um, but, you, but you mean like in general, the other players in the squad? Yeah, I mean, we saw, Garnacho, we saw Garnacho having yeah. a huge impact on the final. You know, players like Wan Bissaka, who yeah. were at one point almost out the door, have really like come back yeah. and, and, and performed well. Yeah, obviously, I think one of the players as well is Luke Shaw. I think he's massively underrated. I think Luke Shaw is a 8 out of 10 most weeks. And he plays centre-back, he plays left-back, and he just plays that so good. I really like Luke Shaw, and um, he's definitely someone I would keep. And he also seems like the guy who can wear that United top with with pride and he's there every week and I really like his profile. Um, yeah. 
I think that's a good shout. Luke Shaw has had some yeah. some availability issues in in recent uh, years with with injuries, but he's really managed to stay fit and available throughout really the most part of the season, making it very difficult for Malassia to come in and and really rival his position. But it's also down yeah. to Luke Shaw adding assists and 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 a, a offensive threat to his game, which perhaps when he first came to United didn't quite carry. Yeah. Dwayne, what what are your thoughts on on the players Armin mentioned there? I mean, do you think Sancho will come will come good eventually? Are you are you as big a fan of of Shaw? Um, I still see when we signed Sancho initially, we signed him as a right winger, and we're still yet to play him as a right winger, which makes zero sense to me because I can remember at. Dortmund, there were just times where he's on the right where he was just unplayable because he's got such a good cross on him. He's got such a good end product him. And we've kept trying him off the left. But the tactical setup uses the left side as the main side of the goals with Rashford cutting in. And Sancho's just not that player. Sancho's more creative than being a lethal finisher. But I do agree with the Luke Shaw shout. I think Luke Shaw is criminally underrated. He's in fact underrated by United fans who prefer Malassi over him in some regards. But Luke Shaw is really, really good. He's probably, if if it weren't for Casemiro or Rashford, that's our player of the season, in my opinion, because he's just always consistent. He always delivers and he'll put a shift regardless of where you play him. But there's a lot of dead wood at the club that needs to go. That's a lot of dead wood. There. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. need to go. Who, who... It's gonna just be on Sancho, yeah. Fab. Yeah, but if Sancho he plays, come back home. if he plays on the, I don't really, I mean, a good winger can play on the left also. So if he if he plays that role for like one year, surely uh, uh, an amazing world class winger would adapt it to that easily. I mean, if you compare it maybe with a, I know, uh, I don't know, Sonny in his prime, he can play off the left or the right. It doesn't matter. He's just that good. So. Yeah, but yeah. again, would you see Grealish really playing on the right wing? You know what I mean? I can he's see so that. Good on the he's techni- no. Yeah, but he's, technic- he's technically so good. I'm sure yeah, but he can make it work. Bet- yeah, but he's way better on the left. I know, but he just, I, I just can't see that argument that he, when he plays on the left, he just, it's just a fault of Man United and the coach. No, but he he needs to step up and take some responsibility. I, I, think. I think so as well. I agree with you on that front entirely. I don't. I think with Sancho, it's it's less perhaps a question of position or or how he plays. For me, I mean, this is outside looking in stuff. I don't have any intel on this, but it, it judging by how he got given annual leave halfway through the season and and Ten Hag let him go, you know, to abroad to sort of get back in the right mindset, get back fit as as well. It, it's a strong indication that there are off the field issues. I don't know if it's mental health. I don't know if it's physical health. I don't know if there's a family. I mean, I I, I know there's a, a close friend or relative of his who, who passed away, which has affected him for sure. That the pressure won't won't help. You know, some people, some players are just really sensitive, which is understandable. And and to me, whenever I see glimpses of of what he's capable of. It it shows me that he still has that potential, but his body language, the the way he sometimes sort of lacks a bit of, almost a bit of conviction in himself, yeah. you know, that shows to me that he it's not a lack of quality at all because he has the quality he can he scores goals against. Do, but does he he's, does he's, he have does he has the quality though for going forward? I'm not sure to be honest. I think he does. I think I've seen enough of him to to know that when he's good, he's very good. But obviously, yeah. at a club like United, that's not enough. Because if he was, if he was a winger for Crystal Palace and he scored five goals and and had five assists, people would be talking about a decent player who could probably step up in a year or two. But because he's at Man United, he needs to hit double figures on both those accounts. But for whatever reason, I don't think mentally he's been quite in that mindset. I think he has the quality to do that, no doubt about the quality. But the way he's held himself on the pitch, the way he sometimes. It is a body language thing. And I compare it to, to Garnacho, who's so direct, who's so like 
head down, dribble. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to worry about losing possession. I'm not going to worry about yeah. getting hurt. I'm going to run at defenders. I'm going to create problems. I'm going to create something. For and my he's team. fast as well. I, I think Sancho has lost the art of pace. pace. I don't know what happened. But, but I don't think ever Sancho Sancho's greatest strength was his pace. You know, like look at how he played for for England against Ukraine when he came on in the Euros in the quarterfinal, and and it was pretty much the only game he really had a significant amount of time on the pitch to have an impact and then that was perhaps a game they were away from England he he they were in Rome he was up against maybe a, a bit of a I don't know a weaker opposition than the other teams they played you know the Germanys the the Italys in the final and so forth and it, it seems to me there as well you know maybe that plays on his mind maybe suddenly he feels confident that he can go on and and do something and create damage and as soon as he is confident and you've seen it now in the last couple of weeks where he's just come into a little bit of a sort of a for, a, some sort of form scoring goals in the last couple of games and and such as soon as i see him confident the quality comes back so for me it's all about can ten hag manage him between the ears to put him in the mindset to play his best football. And then also, as you said, Armin, I think it's very important that he takes responsibility. And that's a question mark as well. Can Sancho, like Rashford really, you know, with Rashford with his celebration this year, he's really realised that it's all about the mentality. It's good and, and fine scoring 10 goals in a season. It's, 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 all, it's all good scoring 15 even. But at Man United... In, as a as a if you have the profile of Marcus Rashford, you need to be hitting thirty, and that's all a mindset thing because the boys have the quality, and I think it's the same for Sancho. Where if if he manages to to flick that switch in his brain, and become the or, or or kind of get the consistency going in himself and the belief in his own abilities, then I think he can be he can be the Sancho we knew at Dortmund, which for me was one of the best wingers probably in the world at the time, actually. I, I, I do I do rate him that highly. But I've not seen him at any point like that at United. But I think it's all between the ears for him. Anything I think Tom wants to say something for sure. No, no, I just want him to come back to, to Dortmund, but that's it. I mean, if you don't want him, we want him, so it's fine. I, I think course, he'll be given another year for sure. I think he's yeah, too big course, of an yeah. investment to not be given no, another course, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but... I agree with what you said. He's got the ability to to do that, but as you said, as you said, there was a problem inside his head. Maybe, yeah. Let's see. I was never uh, really convinced by his quality, to be honest. Really? No. Even at Dortmund. I mean, of course, it was great. But if you talk about world class winger, I just think there are many better players than him. For me, he likes just. Of obviously has amazing skill. I'm not doubting that, but is that enough? I mean, he. I think he likes the pace. I think he likes the 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 in product, the finish. He has an amazing cross on him. That's, I'll give him that. But even like, yeah, I just I just miss something, you know, that the creativeness. I think, for example, Garnacho came on and he went he went for them. You know, it it confused the whole city defense. He he. He asked them questions and Sancho just didn't do anything. And even in a dormant shirt, I think he went missing against Bayern and stuff like that. I, I was just, maybe I'm alone, but I was just never really thinking of him as he can be like, an, um, I don't know, a, a, a top, top winger in Europe. I just, I just never had that. For, maybe it's just me, but... That's just my feeling. Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne, come on, weigh in on this. You know, I know you want to. Uh, to me, it's just a bit frustrating that we pay seventy-five million pounds for someone, but the person that we pay a hundred thousand compensation fees doing exactly what we want from the seventy-five million pound man. Because what we see in Garnacho is exactly what we wanted from Sancho. Just be direct, yeah. be a threat, just be reckless just wreak havoc and it's frustrating in that regard but I do agree there are just these little moments these little flashes where Sancho will do a couple of step overs get a nutmeg get in through goal and then you see it and you're like it's there it's just whether he can harness it for 100% of every game but he does that and then the next game it's back to get the ball on the wing turn and pass back which is really frustrating because you see so many other players at the club, like Anthony, 
even though he does lose the ball a lot, he's just always wanting to do it. Same with Garnacho, same with Rashford. They're always willing to take on the man. And Sancho's just got it in moments. So it's just, I back Ten Hag to find find the player in him because a lot of people at the start of the season were saying that if Rashford gets an offer, they should let him go. And I was one of them that said there is a player there. And I think Ten Hag, out of all the managers we've had, I think Ten Hag's the one that could find the player. But like you said, it's up to Sancho. It's just he's got to figure it out for himself. Yeah, will be interesting to see. Just a quick word, Dwayne, on on who United need to sign in order to to close the gap. Apart from you know Vinicius Junior, Valverde, and the rest of Real Madrid's midfield. Mm. Um, I would say a top class striker, and I think I think you need to play the situation as well. Like Tottenham hasn't made European football for the first time in a long time. Kane's contract expires next summer. I think this is the perfect time to put your put all the money you can and try and get Kane because he's a guaranteed 20-25 goals in the Premier League. That's a guarantee. And United this season are, I think, one of the lowest scoring sides in the top six. So that's a guarantee there. I think Kane plus maybe two midfielders. I think the midfield depth is shocking you can't you can't replace bruno and ericsson with fred and mctominay it just makes no sense you've got to you've got to have something stepped up there and yeah i would say another defender and a goalkeeper i'm uh, look nathan is a good guy but every time he tells me something about yeah i do not agree with it he's a great guy but it's it's just not going to work if you have a keeper on that wage who can't pass a ball mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you there. The the here it just feels like a really good time now to sort of organize. It's just it's let just it, it's just time to let go now, I think. Yeah. I agree. But absolute legend, like a hero for us to stay through tough times, but you know, you've got to call quits when it's quits. And I get it most clean sheets in the league, but he's also got so many flaws to his game and I just don't think he's at an age where he can learn stuff to overcome these flaws. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I mean, there was times where he was the best goalkeeper in the world. I remember two games at the Emirates in particular. Armand will remember them. Oh my fucking where, god! I mean, he could save the Titanic, man. Oh. Insane, <laughs> insane stuff at times. But now it's just—it feels like it's just come to an end. And yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll keep an eye out for summer transfers going in and out. Kane, obviously, the hot prospect that will keep us busy over the summer. We'll be right back with some more. Good stuff. And my friend told me, oh, do you want to watch Inception? I was like, no, I never watched it yet. Why not? And then I saw <laughs> the movie and I was like, oh, yeah, I saw it like five times. Okay. So I just don't know the name. To be fair, Inception you watched it in French? Film. Inception you have to see. Yeah, yeah, of course. You watched what it in you French say, probably. Uh, you watched it in French no, no, probably. I, no, of course I saw it in English. <laughs> There's a new film coming out by the Inception director as well this summer called Oppenheimer, which which I'm really excited oh, for. Oh wow, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw Looks the the, the highlights. Yeah, yeah. I think it's coming Chris, out on the, the same of... day. It's coming out on the same day as the Barbie film is coming out, which is which is funny. <laughs> but what's the name of the, the, the actor? The one from uh, Killian Murphy. Killian yeah. Murphy. Wow. Yeah. It's gonna be good. It's. a Star-studded cast: Robert Downey Jr. is there, Matt Damon is there. Some oh men- shit! Isn't it Florence Pugh as well? That's Florence a good lineup, Pugh to be fair. Yeah. yeah, it's mental. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Speaking of great, we part of our part of our summer program is to do combined elevens, and um, this is an idea brought to us by by Armin, who who loves this sort of exercise from what he tells us. Uh, <laughs> I personally think it's it's tricky because different. I personally eras, different think that it's uh, uh, uh. <laughs> getting, just play. getting heat, but we're doing it, you know, because it's fun and and people people lap that shit up. So we're gonna do it. And um, the first task I've set, I've come up with, which you know you all said you were down to do, is Barcelona 2011. I'll give you 2010, 2011. You know, and. Manchester City 2023. Two sides po- coached by Pep Guardiola. And we'll do this in a similar vein as we did the 
the Prem team of the season, where we'll just go through the different lines. We'll start with, I think we'll do backline and, and goalkeeper as well as formation to start off with. Uh, Armin, as it's as it's your game, do you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, sure. I went with, uh, I mean, both teams play the same formation, so I think it's obvious. Four three three with a holding midfielder. Well, I would I would disagree and, and say City <clears throat> yeah, play three two four one. Yeah, in possession, but on the but both <laughs> teams have a lot of possession, mate. Come on. Yeah, I know. Okay, <laughs> I went with four three three with a holding midfielder. Okay. So I went with Ederson in net. Yep. I think he is a better keeper than Valdez. Yep. Um. Then I went with Donny Alves, Puyol. Pique and Akanji. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, yes. No, I, I just think you cannot touch Pique and Puyol together. You just can't touch them. And Tony Alves as well. Going forward, he was amazing. Uh, I loved him. I think he's one of the best right backs ever. And Akanji's been doing amazing at City. And I think he... Because Abidal was a bit... In and out of the team, I just because of that season, I just went with uh, a country. Gwen, do you wanna do you wanna go next? Uh, are we doing it on the basis of see if I say PK, is it solely 2010-11 PK or do I consider PK at his prime? Yeah, that's my question. A bit of both. Uh, you can. It's. I think there's some room for interpretation there, but we okay. are doing. 11 Barcelona 11 and Man City 23. So Man City 22 23, right? Yeah. Okay, so I would also have Edison in net. I think Edison's just a brilliant ball playing goalkeeper. Yeah, I'd just like to go on record and say if anyone puts Victor Valdez ahead of Edison in this game, I'm going to look down on you. Yeah. <laughs> and I've also gone with the 4 3 because Pep's used the 4 3 3 with Barcelona, Wales. He hasn't used the 3 2 4 1 with. Uh, sorry, he's used the four three three with City, and he hasn't used the three two four one with Barca, so that's unfair. Um, I've got Alves because you can't not have Alves. I've got Puyol and Diaz because I don't think that two thousand eleven PK was the best version of PK. I think he gets better as he go- as he ages. And Armin's I think- already dying. <laughs> can't believe you said that. Uh, we're four players in, and Armin's already. Uh, dying. <laughs> Come on, man, Diaz. <laughs> it's a fair shout, though. Diaz, how good is Ruben Diaz? Come on, Diaz played half the games. Diaz he didn't year. even play at the start of the season, bro. But then again, did Puyol play the, that year? He wasn't even playing that much. It was Musk. We're, 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 we're not arguing about Puyol. We're arguing about Pique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But you put Puyol. Come on, man, it's Puyol. Yeah, of course. But that year it was most of it. Most of the time. I'm not going to put Puyol for I've Laporte. Got, yeah, of course. I've got Puyol in. Okay, like, just sorry, Dwayne. Keep going. I've got Puyol in because he was still like the most influential player in their dressing room. So he definitely had a say in that. And at left back, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's 2011, the last season of Eric Abidal. I, I I'm so, not yeah. sure. I believe so, yeah. 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 I would have Eric Abidal as a left back. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, left back is an interesting one. There's there's a few options there. None of them really stand out because they didn't quite get uh, Alba yet. Toto, Edison and goal. Who else? Yeah. And I went with the 4-3-3 as well with the holding midfielder. And went with Daniel Vest as a right back, obviously. And then when it comes to centre-back. Okay. For me, Puyol is one of the best centre-back I've ever seen in my life. But that year, if I base myself only on that year, I put him on the bench. But he's better than Piquet and he's better than Diaz. There was nothing to say about that. But I went with Piquet and Diaz and left back. Uh, do, do you count Jean Cancelo? Yeah, of course no. he played for City this year. Okay. Yeah. So I w- now I will go with Abidal. I will go with Eric Abidal as well. Okay. So the but players that course... we are all agreed yeah. on in defence so far are Edison and Danny Alves, as well as. No, that's it actually. Yeah. <laughs> two we're already we're already disagreeing. I've actually gone for the the three, two, four, one formation because I think it's the more 
revolutionary formation. I think he's he's done more with that than he did with Barca because the the four three three at Barca was already established. It was less of. I mean, this is a silly argument, I suppose, but but Pep, it's more of it's more. There's more Pep in the in the three two four one than there is in the four three three. Obviously, he used it and changed it to his to his own uh, liking, but I think the the one he's using at Man City has is more individual to to him and and the team he's coaching now. Um, it's also the way to get around the left back issue because I've gone with the back three of of Diaz, Puyol, and and Pique. That's, uh, that's the best mm. one. Okay, yeah. That's smart. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I'm I am dropping Danny Alves. I'm fully aware of that. that that's what I was oh. bringing up. Oh, yeah, yeah, you you weren't gonna put it on the right. Oh man, you're having a laugh. Oh, In no. a way, it doesn't. No, 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 no. We're talking about Danny Alves. Prof. Wow. <laughs> You're taking real offense to this. I've gone for yes. a, listen, I've gone I've gone for a team that I think I've gone for balance in this one. My my remember my team of the season in the prem was a bit all over the place, but this one I think is is much better balanced. And um yeah, I had to drop Danny Alves. 15 assists, I'm fully aware it's a crime, but I can't it I think is. I just think You can. I <laughs> No, but I can't. No, I'm saying I can't drop. I just think in a three-man defense, right? If you have Diaz in the or Puyol, I should say in the middle. But you can still and, put him on the right. You know. Well, th- there's a certain Argentine that I, that I want to put there that I can't really put anywhere uh, else. Uh, you, what? What? Say the formation again. Three, two, three, two, four, one. Three, two, four. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I can't like. If, if, or you put him in the, in the. No, you cannot put him in the whole. Play him because Kyle Walker does the three, two, four, one pretty well. But Kyle Walker adds height and and uh, more sure. physical. Who's going presence. to jump? Who's going to jump at the back? We'll do step by step, boys. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I just I I Alves was perhaps the one I had to like the, the, one of the, the you know you kill your darlings and he was he was I mean I'm dropping 15 assists to the bench which is outrageous but I am I am doing it. Um. Do you want me to go on with my midfield? Yeah, yeah, I need to see your midfield. Okay, um, I'm going to do both midfield. I mean, no, I'm just going to do the, the the holding too. I mean, Busquets is in there in the Rodri role. I think Busquets pips it, even though he was only 21 back in 2011. He is still somehow underrated. I can't believe it, but he is still underrated. He is just so good. And he would work so well for Pep as well, I think. I think the one thing yeah. that Rodri adds is is a bit more physicality and a bit more of a goal threat. But Busquets is a brilliant player without those things, which almost speaks more to his quality. So smart. Yeah. And then it was a real, it, it was a tough one, actually, because again, bear in mind, I've gone for balance. And um, the decision here was between Mascarano and Stones, because I think Mascarano would be predestined to do that role and, you yeah. know, kind of slip back into centre-back and and do the the two positions uh but i've i i think no. i would go i would go with stones just because he adds physicality that i think most of those barca players that i've picked later on don't have so for the sake of balance i would play john stones over mascarano i'm fully aware it sounds ridiculous but i think stones is the way he's no, played also in the, in the fa cup the what he's added what how he's changed he really has changed the role of a holding midfielder. I think that deserves some that. merit. Go on then, Toto. Tell me, tell me yours. So I went with the four-three-three, as I said. So I went with Busquets, Xavi, and De Bruyne. But wait till the end. You put Xavi no, over. Uh, you put De Bruyne over Iniesta. That's what I said. Wait until the end, please. He's put, he puts Iniesta no on the on the left wing. Oh, of course. I think Bruno is better than Iniesta now, no? What? <laughs> Bruno, Bruno G. Would you have? Would you play Bruno G. if you put him in this team? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I would. No, no, no. Who would you drop? Would you drop Iniesta or Xavi for Bruno Gimares? All of them. All of them. Okay. Dwayne, please tell me you've you've not put Bruno G. in yours. Oh, I'm just going to follow Toto. Definitely Bruno G, best midfielder of all time. 
you got to stop Thank this you. now. We're, we're known as people who know ball and we're rapidly losing that reputation now. No, but Toto, Iniesta is going to come after in your 11, yeah, of right? Course. Oh, no, yeah, okay, yeah, of okay. course. Yeah, yeah, okay, of course. Okay. He's just playing on the, so, on the wing. Okay, okay. It's about to get a bit controversial here. So the key word Fabi used in his team is balance. And I think the Barca team and the City team are same but different. Because City uses two free eights who can play as tens. Whereas Barca used three midfielders, three eights, and a six and two eights rather. So I have Busquets unanimously because, funnily enough, Pep signed Rodri to be his Man City Busquets. So Busquets is the originator, so Busquets is in my team. But I'm going to be a bit out there and try and use I'm the... I'm so scared now. He's teasing this. Great. Yeah. I'm going to use the, the balance method where I can use the City style with the Barca players. And I'm going to put Iniesta and De Bruyne in and I'm going to leave Xavi out. Ooh. Oh, wow. How can you leave Xavi out, man? No, Dwayne. I get... No, no, no boys, boys let the man finish. Give, let, let, give your reasoning. Hmm. Because I see the way football's evolved is your eights are suddenly playing in really attacking positions. Yeah. And hey, your midfielders would just set the tempo. He would have... Messi, so in that season, Xavi and Iniesta weren't essentially really big goal threats as De Bruyne and Gundogan are today. Because Gundogan and De Bruyne are so attacking. They are always in the box. I think that's the football meta in a way, where you get your midfielders to supplement your attack. And I think Iniesta could do that. But I think Xavi is more of a tempo dictator. He keeps the ball flowing. He goes through it. And I think De Bruyne is better high up the pitch. That's but why you know why they can do that? Because Stones and Rodri and um, even like Alke are so... They push forward as well in possession. So they over, all, almost play in midfield. That's why the eights can go forward, no? Which yeah. is also why I went for the less attacking option in Abidal at left back. Because he can supplement that by sort of filling in a little bit of a defensive role where there's enough cover so I can push yeah. back to midfield. And that's my sole reasoning. I'm not saying Xavi is better than De Bruyne. I'm not saying De Bruyne is better than Xavi. But for the argument of this team, I would want De Bruyne higher up the pitch. And I think he's better at that than Xavi. Yeah, I see that. Wow. So you think he makes a fair point? No. Not at all. <laughs> no. Just because you can't drop Xavi? Oh, we're talking about Xavi. I love the point, but you need to do something else. You can't drop Xavi like Mate, that. Bruno Guimaraes over all of them. No, no I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about get, Xavi. Never gonna hear the rest of it. Come on. Yeah, I see your point, Wayne. I do see no, your point, and it was a. It's not. I mean, De Bruyne is he's fantastic, isn't he? So yeah, of course. If if. if if Xavi has to go out for De Bruyne, I don't agree, but it's still it's still De Bruyne. So okay, yeah. Armin, your turn. Yeah, I put the whole Barcelona midfield. I'm not even I'm not even arguing. I'm not even t- touching them. This is Busquets, Xavi, Iniesta. I don't care okay. about eights going forward, about fullback stepping into midfield. Just let them do their thing, <laughs> and then everything is gonna be fine. Honestly, the way. They passed with each other and the understanding and the link up, it was just, it was amazing. It was like football. There was like, foot, this is like the, they were, were all at their peaks as well. And Iniesta as well. It was just magic. They play one, they were playing direct, one touch all the time, facilitating the play, giving balls to, to Messi via. And Pedro, it was, and even like when Neymar came and Suarez, Iniesta, and Busquets were still there. Honestly, these three, I would never touch them. They're just staying in. You are dropping Kevin De Bruyne, though. I know, I know, and it this hurts, but I'm I'm not dropping him because I, because of his individual individual class. I'm almost dropping him because I don't want to. I wouldn't want to break these three up in a way, and because they can just pass through the lines and 
avoid the press so easily because they're so smart, they're so gifted. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch that to be honest. I wouldn't. Fair enough. Um, so we're all agreed on on uh, Busquets, of course, and uh, TBC, but we're also agreed on Iniesta. Of course. And Dwayne's dropped Xavi. Do you want to read the rest of your team, Dwayne? So, I, I know I've dropped Xavi, but I can't be ridiculous and drop Messi. Everybody knows he's in the team. <laughs> 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 except if except if Bruno Gimaraes would play for City. <laughs> so Messi is on my right. Obviously, look, we are won a World Cup, we are won the Euros, but as a player, Haaland is just so dominant that I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna let Haaland slip through. He's just so dominant, and he just adds so much. I'm so excited and- to see who you've got on your left wing right now. Oh, and and that's that's the moment we lose him. <laughs> wow! And Dwayne's disconnected. Scared. Dwayne is disconnected at that very moment. It wow! Was to say Grealish. <laughs> you know, no I think way. he could have he could have dropped Grealish on us there. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna put um, Vial Pedro there. Um, but we'll yeah. we'll see when he gets back. I suppose. Armand, do you wanna do you wanna hop in and and list yeah. your front three? I went with Messi on the right. Mm-hmm. Um and Haaland up top and on the left I put Villa just because goal scoring wise he had everything ref right foot left foot so dangerous can shoot from everywhere I put him there I think that's a fair shout so so what you've Dwayne is back now guys just when it was most exciting to know about his left wing I'm just going to update you on on what Armin had up top do you know he what has... I was thinking about Foden. But he didn't play enough. But I think Foden no, is a, a I think Foden, Foden's, in this team, Foden's let down by the fact that he's left-footed. Yeah, that he's just didn't get enough play. I mean, I don't see the Grealish in front of Foden pick from Guardiola. But yeah. It's, I think if Foden think... was right-footed, he would be on, on, my, on my left wing. But there it is. So you've, he's gone with Messi, Haaland and Villa. Dwayne, you were about to, to to tell us who you've put on your left wing, and I'm I'm dying to hear. Um, so you know, in every team, you've got to have a player that you love, right? And it's weird that I say this, but there's just one player in City that I really like. Like, I wish that we signed him before City did, and that's Jack Grealish. And he's my he's the guy that I look at City, and I'm like, I, if only you know, get faster to sign him. And look, it's between Grealish and Pedro, right? And I don't have no, any type of Pedro. Via, so Via. Via was on the right side. Via, Via was on, the right play side. on the left easily. Oh yeah, my God, how many times he scored yeah. cutting in from the left. I, I could do that and I could move Messi to the left and then play some, play Bernardo, but they're too similar as players. I want Messi on his normal like, casual right. Haaland's there and... I, I just really want Grealish. I like Grealish. He's just a nice guy. He's just he's just a really nice guy. I haven't got any. Maybe we should do a com- uh, eleven w- or the nicest guys of football. Gwen <laughs> <laughs> Mata would dominate. <laughs> I I rate that. Yeah. I rate that. I think I think in no, this eleven. Shout. I think in this eleven, we'll all have like one sort of odd shout. You know, I mean, except, the way it's except for me. Up. Man, you picked Akanji at left back. He's been solid for a year now. Yeah, but like I'm talking about odd shouts. Like we're talking about two of the greatest teams in the world, and you've gone for a Swiss centre back who who is barely played yeah, left he back. Could play, he could easily play left back. Yeah, he's a baller, but you're putting him. Yeah, but you're saying you're talking about players like Busquets, Xavi, yeah. and Iniesta, and then you put Akanji in there. He is the odd one out in that group. Come no, on. no, he's not. He's at the same level. Okay. Yeah. But you also think Bruno Guimaraes is a baller. So, well, anyway. Oh, come on. Please. <laughs> you'll, you'll never hear the end of this, Toto. You'll be forever remembered as the guy. You've had a stinker there, mate. <laughs> Toto, you, you get some redeeming. Redeem yourself by adding Iniesta to your front three. Yeah, I've got it on the left side, as I did with Spain so many times. I yep. think his best position is in midfield, obviously, but he can do everything with the ball. So on the left side, he is good as well. So without space, without anything, just 
just give him the ball and, we, and he will do anything. Then on the right side, I went with David Villa. And then uh, up front, I don't know if we can really say up front, but Messi, do you think? That's it. Messi, play wherever, wherever you want, do your thing, and you will score. Because in 2011, Messi was that centre forward for Barcelona, and I want him to play there. Hmm? False nine. Yeah, and I want him to play there, and that's it. I love Haaland, but I just don't think you can put Messi out. If we just talk about this season, Messi was that guy, and he was not on the right wing, so I put him uh, as just get the ball and do what you want. So who did you put on a rise deeper in forward? David Villa. Oh, yeah, but you don't think as a package, maybe, no. I see your point, no. maybe Messi, maybe is a bit more limited on the right, but if he, he can step easily into like this half space. Yeah, but of course, but Villa so can much, do that as well. So much, mm, 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 Willa's right footed, bro, from the right. He cannot do that. He cannot, he cannot, he cannot, pick up the ball from the half space and, and cut inside with the right foot. Yeah, but they don't no, need man. that. As a, imagine Messi cutting in from the right and Holland making those runs inside. That was just that would just be unfair. I, I just yeah, he but could feed he could feed the, the ball. Imagine Xavi, Iniesta and Messi playing through balls to, to Holland. It would just be game over. Yeah, uh, but just honestly, imagine Messi picking the ball and do anything he wants like he was doing that year. And yeah, he did, but it would be product. even. Yeah, I I don't agree with you at all at, on this one. To be honest, so, that's my team. And yeah, yeah I know. But... Than yours, but... You know what? I actually think I actually Defo think my team is the strongest out of all four of them. Looking you at yeah, John think... Stones, come on. Yeah. No. Yeah, John Stones is good. He's well, been no. so good this season. Yeah. I'm quite con- is, but... I'm quite convinced. I'll I'll read. Oh, you didn't the put. A guy who has made more, yeah, I think 40 goals in the Premier League or something like that. How can you not pick him? Yeah. Because Messi scored 90 this season. But he can still 91. do that. But Holland can still do that. Nah. It's only half a year. They can nah, coexist. Man. They can coexist. Nah, come on. It's a big Bro, shout. You're always going to have to do it with, with, the, with one odd one. We, I said it a second ago. I, <laughs> it's a big shout. I, it's I a big might, odd one though. Listen to my midfield four, boys. Listen to this. So I've got, just to remind you, I've got Edison, Diaz, yeah. Puyol, Piquet, Busquets, mm-hmm. Stones, and then Messi on the right, Kevin De Bruyne, Xavi, Iniesta. But Iniesta on the left wing. Yeah, it's well, the... left wing, but then, you know, he's going to interpret this in a very... But he, he can't step inside if there is Stones, Busquets, No, Xavi no, no, he's, he, he can, he, I mean, he's, he's so good on the ball, he can pretty much do whatever yeah. the hell he wants. And, you, you know, you can also just feed Haaland up top. Yeah. Toto's not agreeing. No, I just I'm just not having this conversation with Haaland. We're talking about one of the greatest team ever, and I love Haaland. But yeah, I but Messi can it. still do bits from the right. He can step inside easily. He doesn't play as he has to play on the on the line. Oh my god, he can step inside and feed Haaland or shoot with the with the, with his left foot. I'm, I'm just not having that's it. Just, that's it. That's crazy, man. No, it's not. That's crazy. That it is. Fair, it is honestly. Honest. For me, it's fair. No way. You will oh, see. I love it. The interesting thing, boys. I we think, will not see. <laughs> we will never know. We will. Unfortunately, we will never know unless somehow, unless um, unless somehow Barca buy Messi this summer. He is available. Yeah, but uh, not Barca. Not sorry, Man City. He's not. Man City. He's not. He's not the orange shoes Messi anymore. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, the interesting <laughs> thing, boys, I was going to say is all of us have picked more Barca players than Man City players. Dwayne and I. Dwayne and I have more have six Barca players each, and you guys actually have eight each. You only picked three Man City players: Armin and Toto. Yeah, and you didn't need to pick Holland. And and you picked the Kanji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Who did I pick? Ederson or oh, De Bruyne and Diaz? Okay. Yeah. That's just a, a bit of nostalgia merchant there. It's a lot of it's a lot of nostalgia in doing this. Actually, yeah, you you really I really reminded myself of the the Champions League final at Wembley, running rings oh, around. Yeah, not only Wembley, mate, Rome as David, well. David Villa. Yeah, but Rome had Yaya still in, and and 
you know, yeah, that yeah. was a different that was a different game. But the still the, got battered though. Yeah, but I think I think the one in at Wembley was more the gap was bigger at Wembley than in Rome. Yeah. Yeah, Wembley was just domination. I mean, yeah. Rooney's goal was crazy, though. It was a great goal, goal, but it was literally the only sniff United had yeah. at anything that night. It was the only shot, only which shot was brilliant. I mean, the assist, the take, the the, the yeah, build up really to it was was who, super. Who was Fletcher the one who who assisted? Giggs, Giggs with the assist was Giggs. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. was that year mm-hmm. where we played four four two with Giggs and Carrick in midfield, and then Valencia on the right and mm. uh, Nani or Park on the left. Chisong Park. What a player! What a player! Mm. Okay, good fun actually. This exercise, um, some some outrageous calls. Uh, I'm not going to repeat them, but you know who you are. Um, surprisingly, though, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. But no, Bruno G. Boys, let's play. Let's play the the Instagram. Sensor. I would have put Billingham as well. Not you, no. Not your favorite. Shut put up, Billingham, man. Oh my god. <laughs> no, he, it depends on the game. You know, no, if you're playing, I'm if you're joking, playing Stockport, then Bellingham is in. But then if, of course, if it's I'm joking. Big... I'm just saying that because of what you said, that you think that Bellingham is not a good player. That's okay. Now you're you misquoting me. He that didn't is outrageous. say that. He didn't say that. <laughs> that is we outrageous. I'm just going to breeze past the fact that Fabi said I'm not going to go there, then immediately went there. I had to. Man. <laughs> I had to. I went there. I just dipped. I dipped the toe in. Uh, um, I've tried to set up this this football tic tac toe, which everyone and their grandma is really into at the moment. I've no idea how this is going to go. We might have to cut this part out if it doesn't work. If we do cut it out, thank you for listening. Goodbye. See you next time. <laughs>